What is up and welcome in to the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. I'm your host, Ezra McCann, and I'm joined, as always, by my outstanding co-host. He's a Chicago Public League legend. He's a Simeon legend. He's a Grambling State legend. He played second base for the Tigers back in the day. He was all swack. It's Brandon Williams, a.k.a. Coach Smoke. And we've got our NFL Draft analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. You can catch him on the Undersitter Podcast on football night in Chicago, everywhere. He is Glenn Morgan. He is our GM. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Yeah. Hope, hope everyone had a had a great holiday. I know I ate a lot. Know about mm. you guys? <laughs> I might have to use that bike that's behind me <laughs> a little bit. You know, give it give it a little bit of work. But no, I hope everybody had a had a good Thanksgiving. Watch some football. Yes, sir. And. uh now going into the week, had a had a had a tough loss against uh, against the Lions. Our Bears did, and uh, but the main thing I think right now, win or loss, doesn't matter. This is about Justin Fields, and uh, there's been some some negative response to to his performance. Uh, him coming back from the from the thumb injury, I was happy with his performance. I thought he showed out. I thought he showed that he should be the quarterback going forward. I don't know what you guys – what did you guys think? Me? I mean, y'all know Justin's my guy. And, yes, I agree 100%. He showed – he showed out. He showed he can lead this franchise at the position. Now, does that mean lead this franchise to uh, Super Bowl or things like that? It t- it's going to take people beyond his pay grade for that to happen. But uh, but he he showed he showed well, and I mean one thing that I feel a lot of people are ignoring is the guy missed a month of football and did not look out of sync. He did not look out of sync. Did not look out of rhythm. Like all the all the talk of you know with Beijing and he needs to be watching and learning and you know some <laughs> people some people felt like that was some BS some people felt like you know it was helpful he he was he was into them games I'll say that when he oh, yeah. wasn't out there he was into them games and and I think he did take some things not necessarily from what Beijing was doing but what he was able to see from right. the sideline I think that helped him and it's something that we've talked about from the very beginning, like giving him a chance to actually watch, but having somebody in front of him that, you know, but he's played for a longer time now that he's able to see things now from the sidelines, not playing that. Okay. I can't do this better. I can't do that better. Oh, you know, certain things. And I saw that like he, we ran the ball a lot more with him, but also when he had those opportunities to run, he still looked to throw when it wasn't a call to run. When he had opportunities, he was looking downfield. And then, okay, if it was there, boom, he hit DJ Moore. If it wasn't, boom, I'm going to go up the sideline for 20-plus yards and do a little shimmy at the end. You know, it it was a really good performance in my eyes from him. Too bad we couldn't come out with the win. You know, I mean, it's the Bears. You know, we're going to find a way. Mm -hmm. You know, we're the Detroit Lions now all of a sudden. You know, so (laughs) – you know, but all in all, with all the questions that came on Justin Fields, he came back and he showed that he's capable of being the guy for this franchise. 
I hear everything you're saying and I hear the enthusiasm and the satisfaction from Ezra in terms of what Justin provided the last game. And great point about him being out for a month and coming back. Um, there was, wasn't any rust, if anything, he looked more pointed, so to speak, and what he was doing more decisive. Um, all that being said, uh, I'm going to go on record here on the easy spoken GM podcast. And say Justin Fields needs to go. Goodbye, Justin. And I, go ahead, continue. If, I know why you're saying it. If I know why you're saying it. <laughs> this regime is kept intact. If Ibrahimovic and Getzi is kept intact, Justin, goodbye. Goodbye. And I'm saying and, that for, I'm saying that because they don't deserve Justin. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say, listeners. He's not saying that in in this of justice. Go ahead. That's what I was going to say. No. Um, But I'm going to be objective, too, when I say all these things. Uh, Bear with me. I'm going to make this as concise as I can, which, you know, for me, is probably like 30 minutes now. But I mean, it's it's (laughs) as concise as possible. First and foremost, you guys have heard me going back before he was even drafted, going back to when he was in college. And I'm like, why are they talking so much about Zach Wilson and Justin is playing tougher competition. You're talking about Justin Wilson, right? Quick, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Never lost a big 10 game back-to-back big 10 championships. Uh, went to playoffs back-to-back years beat uh, Mr. Trevor Lawrence first pick in the draft uh, with his chest basically imploded from that tackle, that, that, that cheap shot tackle dude led with his helmet. And it was still, you know, that anyway, I don't want to go on that, but he, he showed his toughness and determination at that point in time. Um, has always been you, no no controversy surrounding this young man in terms of what he does on and off the field. Not that that should be something, but people are going to try and find something. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say that just to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have an entourage. Has always kept everything tight in his personal life, his personal life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, getting back to statistics, I believe at one point, if he didn't end his career at Ohio State, it was 63 touchdown passes to like seven interceptions. So a nine to one touchdown, interception to touchdown, or touchdown interception ratio. Um, and he comes here and I, I, I find myself asking this question because I was, as I say these things about Justin and, and again, being very uh, overt about my uh, appreciation of his skills and what I thought or was thinking at the time of what I thought that he'd be able to bring to the team. I asked myself, why was I so anti Trubisky? Because some of the same things we're saying about Justin in terms of the coaching staff failing him are some of the, some things, some of the same things mm-hmm. people were saying about what Nagy was doing with Trubisky, how Trubisky, you know, Nagy didn't tailor it to his skill set, so on and so forth. But then I said, yes, some of that, you, you could definitely make that argument. And I, I, I agree as a as Trubisky's time wore on here, you could see some of that. But there are things that I see with Justin that are different in Trubisky. Like there are things with Trubisky where the, the toughness quotient wasn't the same. His his ability to attack Wayne the longer he played, he became more tentative. Uh, there were things where he didn't do things to even help the team win the game more. Things had to be done to help him to help win the game. What I mean by that is there are times when you see Justin take the team on his back. I didn't see Trubisky do that. You know, and, and even though they may have been through running at times, we still saw Justin take the team on his back. There was a certain galvanizing aspect 
pretty much throughout the team that Justin has that was only in spots with Trubisky and Wayne as time went on. So that's where I kind of see the difference, but some of the same criticisms in terms of the regime. So getting back to Justin, again, right quick, you're talking about a young man who, and I hate when people start saying, I'm, I'm starting to use the word hate. I don't use it often, but I'm stuff when it comes to Florida Gators and Alabama Crimson Tide and Green Bay <laughs> Packers and Maris High School. Outside of that, I don't really use hate too often. Uh, but I, I come back to where people, and I'm starting to hear the talking heads. And the, the worst ones are the ones on FS1. Uh, mm-hmm. Speak, those clowns on Speak. Uh, and I, I, look, Joy Taylor, I've always been a big fan, but you're falling in trap with the, you, you're falling in trap yeah. and you're becoming a clown with the wrestler. Yeah. Okay, seriously. Because they'll say things like, he's had three years. No, he has not had three years. Because mm-hmm. three three years would, if you, if you, if you, if you talk, if you put the numbers, you're talking about back to back seasons, the last two seasons would have been, 34 games and however many games this season. And he has not had three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then clearly the first year was a garbage year because he had a lame duck coach, lame duck GM. He don't, and, he don't get that pass like Trevor Lawrence get that pass. But, but, know? but he, he has, but people seem to forget that they start lumping it into his win, win loss total. He's lost six, especially the clown Shady McCoy. He's only won six games or seven games. He's lost 25. He's going to ignore that? Are you serious? You provide context with that. So this is what I'm trying to do here. And again, apologize for taking so long. So with this, you're talking about his rookie year, which was, you know, crap, craptacular year, not his fault. Okay. And then you come into last season where you have a new regime. And they're learning the players and learning who they want to keep and not keep. So it's like a feel out year for everybody. And then you realize offensive line, you realize just how talentless this team is. And Justin has to do things to survive that season. At some point, the the coaching staff, and this is where we thought maybe they might be on to something. They show a willingness to be like, okay, we have to change course here and pivot and do some things here to help our player. It's like, okay, they're actually doing things to help Justin. And we saw Justin thrive enough to where we felt like, okay, we got a legit talent at quarterback. Whether or not you thought it was a franchise quarterback, you said we got a legit talent at quarterback. We can just get some people who can get free because you brought the thing up so much last year. These receivers can't get open. How is it that everybody knows Devontae Adams on Green Bay Packers is going to get the ball and he's wide open, not just open, he's wide open. Okay. So get some talent in for Justin. And so last year, you gave it a bit of a pass, but you understood that the wins and losses weren't on him because it's about seeing if he can play and if we can secure a draft pick, blah, 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 blah. So all those things happened leading into the offseason coming into this year. And in an offseason, fans, unfortunately, get caught up in their emotions and think, okay, he's got a receiver. And they start making these comparisons to Jalen Hurts, to mm-hmm. Josh Allen, when they get the receivers, people. And we were saying it. We were saying it back then. If anyone listened to us, you've been saying it all along. You cannot compare their situations because other things were in place before those mm-hmm. primary receivers got there. Josh Allen might have come the closest to the comparison, but the defense was a lot better. The other players there, okay. Jalen Hurts made the playoffs before – he got there. Before he got there, because the offensive line was really good. The running attack was good, so on and so forth. Defense was solid. So Justin comes in, and then even with the talent we got, got to keep in mind, we don't have the depth. If everything worked out right, we'd still be struggling to maybe be a 10-win team, to be quite honest with you. So so the season begins, you lose your defensive coordinator because of whatever his shenanigans are. Okay. You don't have – most of your offensive line has not even played together at all. 
before the season begins. <laughs> your your receiving core has a knucklehead who's not committed to anything other than his own fantastical mind of what's going on in his little fantasy head in Claypool. So you're you're working has something working against whatever you're trying to work towards. And I'm just talking about the players, let alone your defensive front is new, getting used to one another, so on and so forth. But the biggest, biggest thing, and again, this was brought out prior to, as much as you said it, Brandon, and uh, as you know, a lot of this is about Justin, before the season began, if you recall, was also saying as much as this is about Justin, this is also about this coaching staff. Because you have to evaluate, can this coaching staff develop this young man? But here's the thing. It's not just Justin. It's a team. Can you develop the other players on the team? Everyone keeps forgetting that. It's not just Justin has to be developed. This entire team has to be developed. The offensive coordinator's job is to develop the offense and the position coaches to work in in line with what the offense coordinator wants or what the head coach wants to develop your that's why you have position coaches because the offensive coordinator can't take time to, to show you how to move your feet on the offensive line. That's where your line line coaches come in. Can't tell your receivers how to you know move their feet and get open, blah, blah, blah. That's where your wide receivers coach and so on and so forth. So all those things have to be developed. And then the offensive coordinator's job is to coordinate all those elements together and to get the best out of all the players, not just Justin. And I would say there's been gross negligence with the offensive coordinator. And this is where the evaluation is not just all about Justin. How is the Ante Foreman not being used before all the injuries? He had like five carries before all the injuries. Why did you bring him here? How are you not utilizing all your pieces? When you watch some of these other offensive coordinators, other teams that do well. Right, look that's at probably Miami why Dolphins. they fired the, the running back coach got fired too. No, that's because he had, you know, know. again, HR issues. You know, we we losing guys not because they're not coaching well, which is the, you know, that's that 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 was one thing. But these guys have HR issues until until this year. I didn't even know the Bears had an HR department. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't know. Never heard that. It's like an offensive lineman. You shouldn't know their name unless they're being called for penalties. So apparently, something's going wrong, and we got another this HR department. But you look at these other teams, and now I'll pick out the Dolphins and the 49ers. But the Dolphins, because, again, their coach kind of came around. Their new coach was just like our new coach, same same time, same start time. And you see not just – who knew – if you follow college football, you knew who David A-Chain was, or Achan, however he says his last mm-hmm. name. But most people didn't know who he was. He just do burst on the scene, just do run for 200 yards. Just do – this dude took the first starting job from these guys. And it's not like Monster's bad or even uh, uh, the, uh, Wilson is bad. Uh, Jeff Wilson's good, too. All these guys are good. They're being utilized. You see Cedric Wilson catching passes. Most people forgot Cedric Wilson was still in the league. Okay, Cedric Wilson's catching passes. You see in Waddle, you see in and and our guy Hill is on pace to get two thousand yards. You know, you're seeing people being utilized. You know, even Barrios is being utilized. He's like the fourth receiver on that team. You see them being utilized. Same thing in San Francisco. You see all these players being utilized. You see it with uh, even with the Eagles. You see they're using two, three running backs deep. How often are we seeing our guys being utilized? Is Robert Tunyon still on the team? Didn't we bring him here to help out, to do something, to catch passes? Haven't seen I him. haven't seen him. Has he, caught, has he caught five passes this season? I know he didn't. He didn't have any uh, – no targets last week. Even Mercedes Lewis had a target last I week. I thought he had the target on the pass interference. Okay, y'all talking about targets. I yeah. literally mean, has he caught more than five? <laughs> but yeah, nah, that's, you that's know? true. Yeah. You know, Why did you bring him in here? You're supposed to – you know, you're supposed to utilize this talent. 
you know, the run backs. You know, we, we barely see Ebner. Is he supposed to be the guy who catches the ball at the backfield? Is he still on the team? You know, what's the other cat that we just got? We don't hear about his name on special teams. The guy we got uh, starts on an H, I think, the Homer. We see him on special teams the only time we hear his name. You're not utilizing your players. You're not incorporating. And you've had an offseason do that, and here we are more than half the season in, and you're still barely being able to do that. That is an indictment of this offensive coordinator. It's an indictment of the staff because as a head coach, you should be calling that crap out. So, no, Justin, Justin needs to go because they're not utilizing him and taking advantage of what he has to offer. And he's a guy who's a leader. He's a guy who can galvanize his teammates. He's a guy who could be complaining a whole lot more. He's a dude that has shown durability. Oh, he's he's injury prone. Are you effing kidding me? Joe Burrow is injury prone. There's a lot of other people you could say injury prone before you say Justin's injury prone. But they, but I'm saying that for a reason. Right, I get you. And then the other knock against him is that he doesn't process fast enough. He holds on to the ball too long. He needs a system that he can play in. And I'm like, I think he needs a play caller that knows how to call plays. I think he's offensive coordinator and knows how to coordinate offenses. And I think Justin will be fine. And the reason why I say that, and I'll get off my soapbox, I'll get off, you know, this pivot point, (laughs) is that you see Justin and DJ Moore. And like you said last week, DJ Moore's numbers dropped when Baden got in there. Mm -hmm. Dropped. I mean, pretty much just still neutral. Yep. Justin gets in there, all of a sudden now he can find this guy, you know, and Justin's finding other people. Justin, hey, look, if, if if Tyler Scott keeps running, that's a hell of a pass. That's a hell of a pass. And he the pass he threw for the touchdown, you know, he led his receiver. He, he, you know, did enough for a little time. You you see all these quarterbacks buying time, but they're not getting slammed for buying time. Justin, nice. he's holding on to the ball too long. Ben Roethlisberger's whole career was built on holding on to the ball too long to try and make something happen. So why are we knocking a guy who hasn't had a full three years, who's had two different coaching regimes and has not benefited from having a legit play caller? And I say legit, and it's the last thing I'll say because, and I've been saying it for the last few weeks, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they are not the same offense that they have been for the last several years. And the only difference, the only difference in terms of the play calling and how this team is being penalized more and accountability factor and all these drops and people's focus. The only difference is Eric Benamy is in Washington. Matt Nagy, we saw the same shit here happen in Chicago. The same shit is happening over there at Kansas City right now. And it's affecting a Super Bowl winning, not caliber, Super Bowl winning organization. Because they've been to what, three of the last four and won two of them? Stop. Stop. The, so that's the, it. Justin, yeah. Justin needs to go. The knock on the enemy was that uh, Andy Reid was running was running the show, and and the knock that that punk that punk dude on FS1 Baby? was saying he he's too aggressive. He he people don't like him because he's always on the play. Well, guess what? I'm now I see why them guys wasn't dropping passes like they are now because they were worried the coach was gonna get on their ass. They yeah. just show you mods with this money, y'all get. You prima donnas, but like I wanted to touch on your speak uh reference. Uh-oh, so they so so 
Man, so I'll say this because you know how I feel about that show. Emmanuel Acho made me proud. What? And I'll say why. They what? were talking about Kenny Pickett. They were talking about Kenny Pickett. Enjoy. This is what I hate about that show. They are so much fans. They're fans. They're not analysts. Joy is a Steelers fan. They mm-hmm. add, he asked, does Kenny Pickett get, does this, does he get a pass? Not oh, Whatever he asked, something about Kenny Pickett being, because the OC got fired, like now the heat is on Kenny Pickett. And she's like, well, he's young. He's only in year two. Like we can't, we can't put all this on him and all that. And then Shady, you know him. He's a pit guy. So, right. man, he similar talks. I just say, hold on, hold on. Last year, Justin Fields was in year two, and we was on his ass. That's what he said on the show. Thank you. You can give him no excuses of being young and being in the second year of the offense. And he was with a new coordinator. Right. You can give him no excuses. With no talent around him. And, Nothing and, and they could, here. And they couldn't say a word. And they just sit and shady over there. Like, <laughs> like this is my, like, what has, ju- I, I really wish you would just come out. Did the dude take your girl? Did the dude <laughs> do something to you personally? <laughs> my, my, my boy got a theory that Justin was, probably went on a piss, visit to Pitt and you was supposed to be his host and he kind of shitted on the program. Like, something happened, dog, because, it's no, it, it was, it looked personal to me from jump. Then it started looking like, okay, that's what the 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 company wants you to do. Now it's just like, dude, at some point you gotta be a man. And like it like what what's going on here? Like you make it your business. Cause actually he brought up Justin Fields before before Acho did. He brought up Justin Fields to defend his comments about Kenny Pinkett. Like, why did Justin have to even come up in your mouth? He's not even the topic. <laughs> He's not even the topic. But like, it's like what like the media is driven on one side to say it's all him, and then the other side, ESPN, Stephen A is like you, get the hell out of Chicago, <laughs> get this brother out of Chicago, like go somewhere where they appreciate you. Like it, it it's it's unfortunate, man. Because like you said, he's a leader. Like I did not, and and I was probably the last one on this show defending Trubisky. I I, I st- I'm I'm I stand by the quarter. Like I get him a chance. Like I get I was with Trubisky up into that fourth year, and I shouldn't have been, but I was up into that fourth year. And I didn't. We didn't hear all this. And like you said, Trubisky wasn't a leader. He wasn't like he didn't look like he galvanized that team. It was no, everything no. around him that galvanized this team. To me, this team does not look like they have any type of life without Justin Fields. I agree. Without Justin Fields. Bajan came in and he 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 sparked some things too. But to me, that shows me now that I guess one thing I could say the coaches is empowering the quarterbacks to leave. Because I'll I'll give Bajan that they they look it didn't look like an energy drop off there either as far as the entire team went. But with Justin Fields, you can just see a different level. Different level, right. It's a different it's, it's, level. It's, it's more everybody, not yeah, just a it's, few bodies. It's it's a different level, man. And and it sucks. I I, I think <laughs> I think Gessie is holding back. 
I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. Holding back with Justin, you mean like like, it's, like the right it's, call? It's, 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 it's weird. It's but does that work against him? Will, it's well, stupid. It's stupid. I will say <laughs> it's stupid. I mean, the, but the game the game plan against against the Lions looked like it was a great game plan. Were, yeah, they they were helping Justin. And then and then in the end, he stopped. But <laughs> but but at that point, it got to shift to the defensive head coach. Right. That's why I say I think he held back. Like I said before, I felt, yes, he has shown over time that he can cater his offense to Justin Fields. But if but if the head coach side of the ball going to continue to piss away games and stuff like that, hey, why not me and Justin work on the things that I think he can get, that he can improve on? And, and now, granted, to the outside eye, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Because Justin only one getting killed in the media for doing that type of bullshit. But it's it's weird to me because when the when the heat seems to get on Gessy, guess what he turned to? Justin, go do you. The, right. the play when the heat changes, he Justin, save my job. Then when the heat seems right. to then when the heat seems to back off, everything goes back to okay, right. what's this bullshit game plan? And to me, I feel that all is a factor of who's the head coach. I yes. think Getsy does not believe in his head coach enough to continue to okay, every time we have a great game, the defense seems to do something to eff it up. Can't hold a lead. Can't like I, I'm telling you, I, I think he's holding back. And it's not smart. It's not smart because you're gonna lose your job right along with him because you're doing that. Like, but that's what I that's how I view it. Because it's too often when things seem to hit the fan that all of a sudden the offense look like what we want it to look like. And it's like it's right on cue. And it's not even so – It's some of it – I'm sorry, right quick. Some of it is tailored to Justin, but some of it is just better play call. Better play call. And, like, you know, using your running game to set up stuff. I'm sorry, Ed, go ahead. No, I was just going to say maybe Flus – just doesn't have it in him to teach these guys how to win. That defense played really well for 55 played minutes. Really well. Yes. They they were having a really good game. And then, you know, Winning. Detroit showed some life and then shit hit the fan. And they were they were they they played scared. They played they not, having, not to win. They started having brain farts like when I eat too much chocolate, man. It, it just it just shit all over the place, dude. It didn't make no damn sense. And you, you you saw you saw Briggs's face on the post game show, how upset he was that the defense was the reason why they lost that mm-hmm. game. And 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 you plan a, a of... plan a basic cover too. Oh, oh. Just don't let yeah. the guy behind behind you, Eddie. Man, that's 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 simple. It's simple. But but that's what that's the thing though. It's like hindsight is twenty twenty. We all like so many people are saying, why did the offense get so conservative? Like it's less than four minutes left. Like right. with a 12 point lead. 12 point like, lead. At that point, you feel the, you have the game. You should have the game more. The second, the the second to last possession, what first play they ran the ball, they ran a they ran a dive. Second play was a uh was a read option. Justin read it correctly and gave it to Herbert. All right. Third play was the uh the Tyler Scott pass that that 
uh, Glenn, you brought up. Wait, wait, wait. Dime. With yes. that play. Dime. With that play. Perfect hey, pass. And 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 your man, your man slows up and 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 drops mm-hmm. the ball. Put it placed but, it perfectly. But what's so funny about that play? And this is just why I hate Chicago fans and I hate the media. Because how many screenshots have we seen? Guys running free. Oh, but he chose to hit that guy. Why didn't he? He had a chance. But then all of a sudden. When that when the receiver effed it up, but why didn't he go to why DJ didn't he go Moore? to DJ Moore? Who, yes, who was yes. who was six yards short of the sticks? <laughs> I, I I I swear in my mind I wish he, we could rewind time and he went to DJ and DJ was short, and <laughs> and all we would have seen Tyler was Scott running three free. shots of Tyler Scott being open and guess what they would have said he can't read a defense right. That's that's everybody's go to. He hit the open NFL receiver that was out there, whose only job is to catch the football, and he couldn't. He couldn't make the play. Couldn't make. Can't the satisfy play. these people, man. I I don't <laughs> get it. Satisfied. I don't get it. But here's the deal: you 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 guys brought up uh, that that maybe the the Bears don't appreciate Justin Fields. Clearly, they don't. I mean. They may, but they don't know how. Here's my here's my question: Does yeah. does the new team president appreciate Justin Fields? You know what? That's a great question, as because he had a chance to see him when he was president of the Big Ten, when he was commissioner right. of the Big Ten. And what did Justin do when during that during COVID? What did Justin do? He complained that they weren't playing. He didn't complain. He did what? He took action. What did he do? What did he do? Justin had a petition go around to all oh, yeah. the players. He created the like a coalition. Oh, okay. like he a coalition to say it's a petition. This is why we need to play. And then Neither. what? What? What did our current president end up doing? He didn't say bad. "shut up, little kid." Shut up, boy. This is a man's world. He didn't disrespect him. He took it. He read it. He took it in the in the spirit that it was given to him, with the respect that it was given to him, and with respectfully looked it over, and then concluded and acquiesced and agreed, okay, based on these, blah, 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 we'll do this, blah, blah, blah. And the Big Ten had a representative in the college playoff, which was Ohio State, which Clemson was like, they should be here. They only play six or seven games, blah, blah, blah. And then they got their ass rolled. So Kevin Warren probably appreciates Justin for who Justin is. And I, I don't know what Polls is in all this because and we brought up last week. Polls, here's what Polls tells us who he is as a GM and who he is to some degree as a person. Is he a CYA type of GM where it's a, hey, I know I'm on a six-year contract. I'm going into year three. Um, this is my opportunity to get the people in here that I want. And so I'm going to give myself a legit three three years more time. And I'm going to bring in these people instead of me dealing with what was dealt here, blah, blah. And I can't blame him if he wants to do that. I get that. You can see it as a CYA moment. You can see it as a pragmatic decision. But I also want to say this is an opportunity for you to be like, look, 
I can see these things and I make a move here or here and I do this and we can yeah. go forward and we don't have to restart everything. See, restarting to me is the easy thing. It's the easy yeah. thing because now you blame everybody else for 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 what had, what went down as opposed to saying, you know what, I'm a problem solver. And I see this problem can be solved with these pieces in place because it's going to take, there's no guarantee who you're going to draft, who's going to be your quarterback, who's going to be your new offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach. Because if, you, if you're going to start over, you might as well start all, everything over, right? And what's the guarantee that any of those people are going to work? It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot more moving pieces because now whoever you get for your head coaching position you're going to have to convince them that the players you picked are players that that person can win with. They're players you've picked and there's free agent players you've signed contracts to that they're, that this new regime is coming in that has to do. So you have to convince them of that and you need to find a helmsman. You need to find a signal caller. You need to find a leader that's going to do all the things you need a franchise quarterback to do. So what young man are you putting in that precarious position? Is it Caleb Williams who cries on the sidelines and pouts and He's not going to win his Heisman. And then loses and then doesn't want to talk to the media. Doesn't want to talk to the media. <laughs> stuff, yeah. stuff, stuff that blind Chicago fans ignore until the mother get here and start doing it. Then it's right. this GM, right. this GM is silly. Why would he drive like stuff like that? Yeah. Hindsight That's what 2020. bothers me. That's what he, bothers me. If he can't handle that at USC, how's he going to be able to handle that in, here. A, in, a, in a market like Chicago? Where, where, where quarterbacks are known to come and die. Yeah. Well, and the media helps you die because they the don't other... give you no favors. <laughs> well, here's the other problem with that because now you're dealing with, I'm not going to call him a prima donna. I don't know him well enough. And he doesn't have a history per se to that you can jump to that conclusion about Caleb Williams is the he I'm referring to. But he, Caleb Williams, has what? He has a Heisman Trophy Award, he has NIL money. He has leverage. He does not have to come to Chicago. So now if your great plan and design it holds is Caleb Williams. If I'm Caleb Williams' agent, again, I'm pretty sure I said this last time, last in the last two shows we've had, I'm telling him, oh, no, son, <laughs> we're leveraging. You ain't coming to Chicago. Do y'all think Pose might be in his mind thinking, if I do get rid of Justin and he goes somewhere and fucking dominates? How bad that den looks on him. That's what I'm saying. It, he, he's, it's, he's he's in a bad. He's in a he's in a a real tricky spot, dog. He's, yes, he, yes. He, like because you're yes. gonna have some that pass up on the number one pick again, right? As the quarterback, and Justin doesn't seem to pop. You're gonna have right. to deal with that, right? You take on and go ahead and get that number one pick. You get rid of Justin, and he excels. Yeah, <laughs> and your it's, pick flops. It's, it's like a lose lose. Yeah, so that's why I keep saying the best option for him would be the safest option would be to keep Justin and just build the roster. To your point, which is the point that I want to hammer home so much, it's not just about Justin. The quarterback. That is the fucking media. Narrative. Yes. It is not. It's about the team. You, you have an, uh, yes, you have an opportunity to with those picks. You can be, you can get Marvin Harrison. 
you can mm-hmm. then trade whatever you need to trade and get more picks and get more players here. You are in a great position to make the team better by keeping Justin. You still need to get rid of the head coach and offensive coordinator, which can be a bit of a setback, not necessarily, but it could be. But you as a GM got to really do your your homework and see who who can I bring in here? What coaching staff? Here's the thing, man. I just thought about it. What happened last year? The 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 uh, Trevor Lawrence and and um, uh, Justin Fields right. came in the same year, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They both had coaches that left after their rookie years, right? Mm-hmm. What did Trevor inherit, and what did we inherit? Trevor inherited a Super Bowl winning coach. <laughs> Who knows what the hell he's doing? Knows this, what he's doing. And this team is and we went to the playoffs last a year. First, a first time head coach. On the trying, defensive side of the ball. Trying to develop a that, young quarterback. <laughs> that the general manager had to sign off on. He didn't actually, you know, do the do the do the scouring and, and the and the sifting through to, to to get his own, you know, final three or final four coaching. Well he uh, hired a finalist. He hired Eberflus the next day, right? Or two days later? It was with it was within it was, like three days. But Eberflus was already on the final round of interviews before right. before right. He, he signed off on it. Plus the name was even uh hired. Yeah, yeah he signed off on it. And my thing is what you see mostly from all these different coaches, what you see from a good coach, whether it's offensive or defensive, in year one, you see an improvement on their side of the ball. Well, you should, yeah, yeah, should. You should. D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, everyone talks about C.J. Stroud. But his side of the style. ball, his side of the ball. Well, let's be Will fair. Anderson. That, 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 the, the, the Texans, I don't, I don't want, the, the Texans defense has been pretty competitive over the last couple of years. That that was the strength of, of their team. It wasn't their offense. Well, but to your point, it's not like they dropped off. Right. <laughs> he enhanced them. Yes, and they they look enhanced, and and getting Will Anderson helps. So you got you with some just you know pass rushing talent. I don't know who the GM. I can't recall off the top of my head, and I apologize to the fans who are listening. I, I don't remember who the GM for uh, the Jaguars are. I don't know if they got rid of him as well as um, Urban Meyer, or if they Urban. just got rid of Urban Meyer. And then the GM did his job, did his due diligence, and brought in. Um, Peterson, but that, I look. How different would our situation be? I'm not saying that we necessarily would be a playoff caliber team, but I think the, the the arrow would be so clearly pointing up if Peterson was here. And I think the utilization, not just of Justin, because it's not just about Justin, but the utilization of all the players, you would see an evolution and and an involvement with those players, an evolution in the skill set players specifically, um, so on and so forth. So I, I just think the key thing. I think beyond Justin, beyond whoever that quarterback, if they move beyond Justin and decide to, to to go to a different, you know, quarterback situation, I think what's even more important than getting that, you got to get your coaching staff right, man. Because as, as much as Stroud is having success, and I'm not going to say Stroud's only having success because of the offensive coordinator. I'm not going to say that. It, it uh, works in tandem. He has talent. But you, you, you it works. In, it works in tandem. But, you're, but you're, it you're, works. It works hand in hand. Right, it works hand in hand. And Slowick, and I'm I'm not the I get nepotism happens a lot in the NFL football. I I get that, but 
that doesn't necessarily mean that the nepotism is always wrong per se. And Slowick from a family of football coaches. Okay. His dad was a coach. He'd been around football his whole life. He learned under Daddy Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, also learned under Kyle Shanahan. That's a lot of coaching pedigree right there. And Slowick, when you watch, and I'll just give you a prime example. That's what I think I said last week. Watch that game against Cincinnati. Now, Stroud made a mistake with a bad pass that got picked and almost turned into a pick six, but set up Cincinnati to get them back in the game. But prior to that, they was kicking Cincinnati's ass. Cincinnati could not mess with them. The play calling, everything had them off balance, and Stroud was doing his job. But the other thing, it's not just what we see on game day, people. It's what we see. In, it's what we don't see in practice. It's what's hammered home. It's what's it's what's ingrained in their mind so that the players believe that these plays are going to work. They have faith and trust in the coaching staff and the coaching decisions that it's going to work. Those things have to be part of it, too, because we we see the opposite happening in, in, in the Chiefs right now with their struggles. If the Chiefs weren't as, as accomplished as they were, they'd be a worse team. They're winning despite, I think, you know, mm-hmm. Nagy. And you look at Washington, and they're losing more so because of the defense is failing them. But And I'm saying that the offense is perfect, but you've got a, a quarterback that hasn't played 20 NFL games yet. But there are times at one point, what, two weeks ago, he's leading the NFL in passing yards. Mm-hmm. There's an accountability factor there. And your coaching staff makes a difference. You People people think it's the head coach. It's not. It's like it's like the president of the United States. President of the United States, yes, you, you make critical decisions, no doubt. There's a lot of pressure on you. you got to answer the media, blah, 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 blah. But it's your staff. <laughs> your staff gives you the information. Your and staff she, does all the work. see Trump. Well, then you don't pay attention to it, and, and, and that, and that, and that's. But Trump, that's what we need. That's what we Trump need. Is equivalent of, <laughs> what was that? What was that? Uh, coach S, because I'm saying S, because he's a little bit older than you. Be with the Jets, who 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 left the Eagles and became the Jets head coach, and he was horrible. He oh, glasses. Uh, uh, Rich Kotite. Rich Kotite. That is Trump. Yeah, yeah. Trump is it's Trump is the Rich Kotite of presidents. And Kotite is the Trump of coaches. <laughs> so that's but, the thing, man. We need one thing I see about all these coaches that you speak of. I see personality. I I, I just I just can't see D'Amico Ryan being a smiley nice guy even Doug Peterson he's not a smiley nice guy like we get the good the good uh even, <laughs> just like man and and whole Adam Hogue tweeted this and man I couldn't agree more after the Lions lost Thanksgiving and uh Dan Campbell went for that that fake punt and he just he like man that was a dumb decision by me that was that was dumb on my part that was on me. And he like, we never get that with our coaching staff. We never get self-accountability from our coaching staff. Like, even yeah. with the Tyler Scott play, if you see what Getsy said, it was still a small jab in there at mm. Justin Fields. Mm. Like, what, did he, what did he say? I, I gotta go back and look at it, but it wasn't a it wasn't a you know the guy that was the guy was open like that was you know that was the read if the if he comes over like it wasn't something like that it was a very technical answer that you know he could have went here it was some I gotta go back and find it but it wasn't it wasn't in support of his quarterback 
It was a very nebulous answer. I will, but, I will, I will say that there's not very many uh, coaches that hold themselves accountable publicly out there. Not, not many of. Them. Well, not to disagree with Dan Cavill, but there are those like Andy Reid will say, you know, we got to do better. Yeah. That, that that this loss well, falls on yeah. coaching staff. You know, it, Mike Tomlin definitely will. You know, you could tell that he was trying to protect Canada all year. But then at some point he's like, look, it is what it is. And I got to do better. So, yes, I agree. He, 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 to your point, uh, B, I think and if, I'm not my, saying my, th- my, my thing is this. It seems like more times our coaches are putting it more on the players I got than, you, they, I got you, I got than they hold themselves accountable. Right, it's a way thing. to speak on it where it can be everyone like but but it's clear when you listen to them uh, you can damn near take away from it i called the right play they didn't execute <laughs> that's how you can take it and i i think when it comes to head coaches and again just to speak kind of to, to what i was saying earlier as, as much as the offensive coordinators defensive coordinators i think are are the crux of how a team is successful or not successful. The head coach, as much as a figurehead as they may be, they do make critical decisions. I think the head coach signifies or exemplifies what the team is, i.e. the team takes on the persona of the head coach. We saw that with the Dicka during the Dicka regime, especially in the 80, you know, 80, 83, 84, 85, 86 to up to 90, probably those bears exemplified a lot of Mike Dicka. They took on his personality, even San Francisco, the Chief, I mean, uh, the, the 49ers with uh, Bill Walsh, they were very businesslike. I mean, they were meticulous businesslike, but they took on that. It's a business. You know, this is this is all business. And they they were business on the field. You look at the Cowboys under under uh, Jimmy Johnson. You know, it's like, hey, <laughs> he's the boss. <laughs> what he says goes. But when we win, we're going to celebrate. How about them cowboys? You know, they jump in on it. You, oh, they knew how to celebrate. Right. They definitely knew how to celebrate. And you look at the Eagles, current Eagles iteration of the Eagles. Um, and they, I'm forgetting the head coach's name right now, but they 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 epitomize a lot of his personality. You look at the Chiefs. So a, a team, successful teams, even bad teams, they take on the persona of their of their head coach. And our head coach, what are we? There's no he he is so nebulous. He is so bland. It's like he's like a blank man. It's like in our team, just at times, our team, personality-wise, it doesn't really seem to show that as much, except when Justin is on the field. The defense is starting to show it more. Don't get me wrong. The secondary probably leads the personality quotient on the defense because you see it in Brisker, you see it in Gordon, you see it in some of those young dudes, and that's you know, and that's great. But you look at the team overall when that when Justin's out there. Like you said earlier, is it's a it's a different feel, man. It's a man, different we vibe. Ain't, we ain't in touch on the motherfucker who want to get paid. Because <laughs> he could he could have definitely that changes that, game. that that possible pick six changes the entire landscape of that game. And if you want to be one of the you know you call yourself one of the best at that position, you got to make that play. You got to. It's a good defensive play. He was there. Good defensive play. But you you got you got to catch that ball and get that six. Man, that the one the one Stevenson caught was a harder catch. Yeah, yeah. That just was a rope. But you know, I always, <laughs> I always, I always I almost, say 
always say, Steven said you might need to get on the other side of the ball the way he caught I, that. I always say guys play defensive back for a reason. For a reason, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you don't you don't you don't go into a uh you don't go into your first football practice wanting to play DB. The Ron the, the Ron Bland catches that and takes it to the house. <laughs> oh my goodness. How about that dude? He has what five now? Five, five. Set, set the record. Five. Five. five in one season. Some guys don't get that in a career. Yeah. What? <laughs> so yeah. So but but no, don't get me wrong. I I like Jalen Johnson and I want him to stay here. Yeah. And I, I think <clears throat> I think they're probably gonna end up franchising him. But uh yeah, you got you gotta make that play, man. Got to. Especially since Amon Ron is kind of chewing you up in the game, too. Got to. Got to. You guys want to call it there? Yeah. Let's move on to Bulls. Uh, breaking news. They are out of the in-season tournament. <laughs> Just like the playoffs. Breaking news. They're out when, of the playoffs. When will we get that notification? The, the in-season trophy will over, not be coming to Chicago. Over, over under, we get that notification in February. That they're <laughs> That they're out of the real tournament. I man, I I think this team, this team is in trouble, man. They're becoming unlikable. I think uh, I think Billy Donovan's lost the team. He lost him last year. He should have been gone. He's lost the team. Uh, Zach clearly has checked out. Even though I mean he's he's yeah he's getting his. Mm-hmm. I think he scored. He scored what thirty. 36, 36 last night. Yeah. He's getting his, but uh yeah, he's he's checked out. He's ready to go. Um it's it's time to implode the scene, man. Yes. It's time to start it. over. Yes, you have to. Everywhere. I mean, completely. I mean, I'm talking top to bottom. Yeah. You gotta yeah. let it go. Cause I can't trust these guys to build it because they oh, haven't sure. done anything over the last two, two and a half years. And, and and you're right, dude. It's like this team is becoming. Look, as far as I'm concerned, they're unwatchable. I, I look, this. fans. Here, open disclosure. I really only see the Bulls play because I have to go to work and watch them, and then I don't have to watch them until I have to go into the studio, which is usually about five minutes left in the game. That's when I check in. I'm checked out after the. Because here's the thing. I'm checked out after out. the first. I'm checked out after the first five minutes because they're usually down double digits. So now I check in in the last five. I'm like, okay, this is the part where they try to salvage a win or whatever. And then I start watching and go, this is why I don't watch you, mofos. And I, I went to Kendall yesterday and and the host of our show, Jason Golf, and said, look, man, I don't I don't know what y'all getting paid. I'm not even asking, but I will say this: y'all earning y'all money this year because y'all got to sit here and watch this, and I can't do and it. Watch and and then talk about it for 40 minutes. And then talk about oh, not just talk about it, but try to put lipstick on a pig every <laughs> single night. It's like, dude, like how because here's the thing, y'all jobs, you know, wink wink, y'all jobs is kind of on the line too, because you don't want to say too much of a crossword. So you gotta try to find new and finessed mm-hmm. ways to say they suck, they're sucking, they don't play well, they're not a smart team. Blah 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 blah, but you gotta find a way to say that without just coming out saying that. And I, I see the strain, and this is just November. I see the strain right. on their faith. Right. I see it, dude. I see the strain. Hey, look, America, uh, whoever's listening or watching, some of these analysts and hosts, 
I know it seems like a glamour job. This is stuff you don't see, man. That 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 is some. They got to dig deep when you represent the team and you got to talk about the team on a pre and post game show. But you got to do so so that you don't come across like you you killing the team too much. Especially when you ain't like a <laughs> organization like guy. Like, right. Because like uh, what's the name doing for the Lakers? Uh, James Worthy. James Worthy. Yeah. So he James Worthy don't give a damn. He yeah, he, he don't yeah, tell he, it like he, it is. Yeah, he does. But, he does. But he's what four time champion with the Lakers. Like yeah. he's one. He was number one pick. Like he he is worthy a Hall of Famer. Yes. Yeah. He's See, a, like yeah. you know, that's different. You got Will Purdue and and Kendall Gill, who just is mostly a Chicago native more than he is right. a of Chicago Bulls. Bull. He ain't spent, he ain't spent one you get what I'm saying? Like <laughs> so, so you like. They can't be as a uh, color commentary. Will 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 has got four championships though. Will be saying some stuff. Will says it in such a long, almost. You know, we go on long diatribes if it's yeah. SEC thing, but Will he'll have a long, extended way. So you you're like, wait, what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he just said it was garbage. He just said it in a nice professorial kind of way. <laughs> But yeah, it's this it's this this is this is over. It's bad, man. It's, it's yes, bad. it's done. It's done and it's it's not even December first. It's done. Who would have thought? And Vooch is checked out. That the oh, Vooch was ever he was checked after game one. How how after do game you one? Go? He was like, Why the hell did I resign here? How do you go from what we thought was the worst to even worse? And we damn near <laughs> doing it twice. Football wise, but I'm gonna give Poles more chance than Pace. But Eberflus is worse than Nate, uh, in my opinion. But damn, man, what 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 is it? What is it here? It's supposed to be a blue collar state. I don't I don't know. And we keep well, getting these nice guys. All of the well, it you you get hard workers. You're just not getting assholes. And Michael was an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> But Michael had everybody accountable, and also was the greatest player, you know, on the planet. So there's that. And you look at Kobe. Kobe was an asshole, but also probably one of the top players on this planet. You know, teams need assholes, and we hear it. Yes, I've heard Stacy say, say it off the, the air. You say it all the time. I've heard Kendall and those guys say it off the air, and I've heard him say it on the air in a nice way. But you need assholes on the team, and there's a bunch of guys who are just like no one's. No one's gonna be like, that asshole. You like got hard workers. They should have re-signed Pat Bev instead of Javon Carter. No, but but if you re-sign Pat Bev, he gets ostracized. Oh, you know, because A, he's not one of the top he's seven true. best players. Right? Right? Somebody can play. that can play. Right. 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 You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And, and so you we we, we this t- here's the thing. Here's why this team is such a conundrum. Why you we get so apoplectic about this team is that they'll work their asses off to get back in the game. So it's not like, okay, they're trying. So you're like, they're trying hard. But the problem is you didn't try hard at the beginning. Right. <laughs> so that's why you got in this deficit. And you see a guy like Caruso. why he's a fan. There's several reasons why he's a fan favorite. One, he works his ass off. And he gets the most out of his limited ability. We all see that. Two, he's the right shade. And that helps in a city where you, in a sport that's dominated by people of a different shade. You see a guy with his complexion working hard. There are fans who say, hey, he looks like me, or he's the common guy like me. 
And so there's that. But to, yeah, he to, ain't too common. Right, right. Most exactly. that look like you can shoot. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> hey, he's shot pretty good the last couple games. No, he he's actually. I think he's up around forty percent this this season. But how many think, has he taken? That's true too. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You make the ones you take. Hey, and you I'm know. a Caruso fan. Don't get it wrong. Oh, hey, I'm hey, just hey. saying that not to say get rid of Caruso, but saying we need more sharpshooters that look like him, but just you know, to I, shoot. I don't he, even need him to look like him. I just need someone who can hit I just somebody that can do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. That's true, too. I love Caruso, but, like, you can't have – you can't have a team with no shooters, and then the one we got of his complexion is definitely Stop. Not See, you're making it racial. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you you blaming you blaming it on his genome. Stop. I mean, I mean, he hooped like he hooped more like us. Oh man. Than him. I'm oh, just saying. Oh, I love God. him. I love him. His athleticism. <laughs> he man, that'd be he He's out there like a brother. He, he got some dog in him. I mean, he most he, brothers he, can't shoot. Well, well, no, I won't even say uh, that. Man, I'm gonna say, but on, Gary Trent Jr. coming off the bench and he killing us. He could be Bulls killer coming off the bench, just bombing threes away. You know, and look in this day and age. Should. Yeah, in this day and age, everybody shooting three pointers. We just need to find people who can hit the damn shot. Besides, people who can make it but aren't proficient at it. And you look at the most proficient three-point shooters we have on this team are Kobe White and Zach, and then that's it. The next guy might be Vooch. I mean, it, it's, it's, no, it's slim, I don't, it's slim I don't, pickings. I don't want him taking no more threes. I don't either, and that's the point. Uh, when I say he's the, the next, he's the third one, that doesn't mean that he's he's good. That just means he's he's, he's no the best more. of the worst. I hear I hear people talking about, they, they, you got to take more threes. That if they can't you, make you them. gotta you gotta take at least 40 something threes a night but they're not making them so why keep doing it yeah, don't do it. well you look at the teams that we've lost to recently Orlando doesn't take a whole bunch of threes they just kept pounding us in the hole you look at uh, OKC they don't take a lot of threes but when they take them they're they're efficient three-point shots you, you know you, you can do that look even when, when ball was healthy this team was so much better and we were more efficient and it's the lack of efficiency on this team because they don't have a leader anywhere on the team. And DeRozan is a leader in terms of, hey, man, y'all, we need a blah, blah, blah. But when it gets on the field, on, on the court, I should say, he's not that leader on the court because he's a ball-dominant guy creating his shot. He's focused on – he's hyper-focused on that. This year, he's a little bit better at getting rid of the ball, but it's like some spectacular pass he makes after he beat the ball on the ground for like 15, 20 seconds. You need a leader on the court. Like Chris Paul is a leader on the court. That's what Billy Donovan needs to have his system work. He needs that person. And initially, it was working with Ball. He's gone. And for whatever reason, they have not tried to fill, to fill that position that, at all. I think that that's the issue here. Why why haven't they? They, they knew he was going to be out. They announced yes. last year that he was going to be out this year. Yes. Why not go get that guy? Because they're not doing their job, and that's why they need to go as well. Because that, to me, is gross negligence. Gro- I mean, by gross, I mean capital G-R-O-S-S-E. Like gross point, gross. Gross negligence. Because it doesn't make any sense. And you have not, as 
Brandon has alluded to, we ain't got anybody that can hit the outside shot. You can't tell me. It's a, it's a B's point. I'm, I'm going to go racial with you. You can tell me you can't go to Europe and at some point in the course of two years find guys who make careers out of being perimeter-oriented. They got seven-footers who shoot three points better than our guys who are 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, that doesn't make any sense at all. You got Wimby coming from France, of all places, hitting three-point shots. Come on, man. You can't tell me you can't find somebody 6'3", to 6'6", 6'7". We used to. I mean, look, I'll, I'll say this with Gar Pax. I mean, what was that one Italian dude we got? I can't remember what his name was. He was like, uh, he, or, or maybe not Italian. I think he was Argentinian. He was Argentinian, but he looked Italian. He was Argentinian. Uh, Nocioni? Nocioni. Uh, no, no, not Nocioni, but him too. But the other dude that came after uh, him. You talking about uh, Bobby Portis knocked him out. Uh, nope. Not him. Not even that dude. Nope. This dude was like, That was Nocioni, wasn't it? No, no, I wouldn't know. No, 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 wouldn't let him. Let him yeah, no, Sioni would have knifed him. Yeah, <laughs> you would have heard about the knifing in the locker room. What's my man's name? Uh, he, he, he's a he ended up going face. to New Orleans and then, yes. they, uh, and yes. then he left the league. Um, right, he, he was uh, a hard worker. I can't remember his name, but that dude, he hit a dog goat. No, I can't remember his name was, but he could hit three points. I'm just saying, man, it shouldn't be that hard to find a cap between the G League and Europe that can hit three points. I mean, the Heat seemed to get everybody that was a, that was a, a non, non-drafted player get on 18. Nikola Miritich. Miritich. No, not even, not even Miritich. There was another dude. Miritich is tall. There's another dude in between that. At some point, I'll find out what he is. I'll come back and tell you. But my point was, about. but my point is, there's several people that we've seen before this regime came in. This regime has got this regime was we were sold on the hey, this dude found Jokic. This dude gets a European player. Mm-hmm. Where are they? <laughs> they don't <laughs> exist on this team. Is there one European, European on this team? Is there one European on this team? And Vucevic no. don't count because he played at USC. His, his, Euro, his Euro card has been a payout since stasis. No, none. So, man, it's, 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 dude, you you, you got to get rid of I'm not, I don't I don't believe in the, the 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 front office of the Bulls any longer. I don't because they have they've literally done nothing. They've done less than nothing. I mean, at least with guard packs, they were like, "Look, we we got Dwayne Wade. Are you happy now? No, nigga, you're supposed to get that more like five years, seven years before you, before now. Like, you get him now, don't be shit. You go pat yourself on the back. You got him now. He's you know damn near forty. Stop. <laughs> Stop." But I mean, they just, dude. It's just it. This this team is becoming. Aside from being unwatchable, and I said it earlier, they're starting to become um, unlikable. Unlikable. Thank you. They're starting to become unlikable, and it, it's hard because not like they're bad dudes, but I just don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like the vibe. I don't like the synergy. And the only one to me right now, the only two people right now to me that really seem to be working their asses off are. Kobe White and Caruso. I'm not saying nobody else is working, but I'm like, those guys have been here for the duration of this regime. Yeah, that sucks. Right. Because Pat Will was their prized pick. And he is a, he's indicative of the failure of this organization at this point. He is he is the poster child. I mean he he needs he, he needs, he needs to, some different scenery. No, it's over with. He ain't he ain't Lord. No. His NBA career needs to be over. 
Wow, it's that you think it's that bad? Yeah, it's that bad. Dog. He he's he goes to another team. He he's not it's getting lost. used at all. He's and not getting used at all. There's no potential there. And it's crazy because the talent and the skill level is there, but it does not match up with the energy, the heart, the desire. There's no dog in him, man. I don't see this. There's, there's, there's no woof woof. There's no bow wow. A lot of meow. I just don't see it in him. And he had a great move the other day where he in and out of the dude and then went and yoked it. I'm like, okay, well, where was that? Where, where's that been for the last two? Man, like, why don't. do you have a splash once every like 45 games? We'll see him. We'll see him in the pro ams in a few years, dominating. <laughs> Church league. Yep. And we'll see like. Yeah, that's all that's uh, good. Bro. There's a reason he wasn't starting at Florida State. Yeah, that yeah. might have been a reason why he wasn't starting at Florida State. We can we were fooled. <laughs> the GM fault. It was a Halliburton. <laughs> yeah, you did. Right? G- yeah, GM spoke that into yeah. this. Yeah, the, the GM of the Bulls. Because <laughs> <laughs> I tell you one thing, if, one, if we could go back to that episode. The kid I said is sleeper, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. 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 That, that would have been all right. But we should have got Halliburton. We should have got Halliburton. Yeah. yeah. Because you needed a point guard. You wouldn't have to worry about the the knee injuries that you're dealing with, 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 with ball mm-hmm. and all the other stuff. And Halliburton would have, at this point, started to ascend. Especially, I, again, under – I, I say with Billy Donovan, he's good with point guard. He's a, he's a point guard in college. So that's the position that he knows best. And you look at the teams he's been on, point guards is who he leans on to kind of help run his offense or run his system. And we just don't – we don't – who is our point guard? I know the position is being filled by Kobe White, but he's not – he's an off guard. He's not really a point guard. So there you go. And that's why this this thing just hangs up in the air. You you look at the, you watch a Bulls game, and you see four guys on the perimeter watching the one guy who's dribbling the ball. Nobody's making cuts, nobody's diving through, wow. nobody's shifting around. And then when they do, they bring the defender over to a person. So now it's clogged up, you know, in the corner or all on on the, on the sideline. It's just it's just not smart. Man, basketball. I I I bet we can go in the archives. Of any of our episodes where we talked about bulls, and what Glenn just said will be said in any pit in any <laughs> in, <laughs> previous recording, any previous episode, what Glenn just said would be said. <laughs> that's a shame. That is that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. Oh my god, man. And I it, thank it, him it for the one year that change. I did invest. Doesn't change. One year I invest was a good year. <laughs> I, I saw seven games before ball went out, and then they went down here from there. <laughs> so maybe that's what it is, man. You, they 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 lost their mojo after you well, left yeah. that last. But time, that's man. where your damn front office has to make something happen. These cats are making the same mistakes, but worse to me than the guard packs. And guard packs was everything was Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose. We keep the same team once Derrick gets healthy. Once Derrick gets healthy. Well, Derrick gets sort of healthy. 
Gar Pax fell in love with their guys. I don't know that True. they. I don't think these guys are in love with anyone here. It's just for whatever reason. You can't move on. How, how many times have we see teams completely revamp who they are? I mean, how many different iterations of the Phoenix Suns are we going to see? How many different iterations of the of the, the Lakers have we seen? I mean, it's like, dude, you you can make moves. Don't tell me you can't make moves. The Heat, you know, Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, uh, the Lakers is a little different. I, dude, it doesn't have to. It's L.A., dude. It's, it's, That's what I say. Lakers are a little different. But I, Lakers I are going to get marquee free agents. But there's We're no not going to get that. But the but thing why? is. Why? Why? Why can't we? Because Philly, 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 New York clamors. You can't. Tell me New York's weather is that much better than Chicago's weather. What marquee free agents they got? No. In the past, they've got them. They they got Ooh. Mellow. We didn't. We lost on Mellow. They mm. brought in a monster. And, we and, and we were better than them during that I, time. I'm just saying. Yes. We I'm were just better saying. Than it just, just says something. My thing is most of them, like when you say Miami, well. They're not getting crazy free agents. But like, but like Phoenix, for example. What helped Phoenix was Devin Booker, a draft pick, popped. That's what helps you. Now we're seeing with OKC, Shake Gildas Alexander, who was traded from the Clippers, he's popping. And they've made moves previously that helps. But, like, Dude, we haven't had a draft pick to pop since Derrick Rose. It's OKC. Who wants to live in Oklahoma? I get City? that. I get – but the, but all they guys are coming through the draft. They ain't getting no marquee free agents. But, but, but I'm saying it all comes to Utah. Cleveland. But Cleveland Utah, got, I mean, Utah was Donovan Mitchell came, they drafted him. He popped. No, I'm talking about they got they got Laurie Marketing. Down they suck though. Yeah, now they suck. But, they but suck my, though. <laughs> when, when I brought when I brought up Utah, what I'm trying to say is Utah and Cleveland, OKC, those are small market Minnesota, those are small market teams in areas right. that aren't places that brothers necessarily want to go to live. But you've got you gotta know who you are and then do the things you can to to subsist. They don't have the city of Chicago behind them. like, dude, dude. I know it gets below zero here. Whatever. These, these fools ain't playing outside, man. Okay? Right, right. They're not and playing outside. Really, you're you're only here six months out of the year. Right, right. And you can't and tell most, me most of that time is spent on the road. Exactly. Yeah. You can't tell me business wise the opportunities here aren't more plentiful than every place other that's not named New York or L.A. Because you're the third uh, market, dude. I get it. You're n- it's not. It's not like the old days where they're, you know, they're based out in the suburbs. So you got to oh, live yeah. out. You got to live yeah. up in the on the North Shore. Right. You're, you're, you're in the city. the city, so you can live in the city. Uh, I get it. Plenty to do I here. Get it. It's, but it, it's Chicago. The Chicago should be. You should be able to sell the city I mean, to those places. Why? Why, why, can't, why? Yeah. Why can't they get guys? Why? You, you got. You got. You. Look, even like it's, with Mello, Mello's wife, Mello's wife wanted to do film and all that stuff, right? The re- New York, she could but, do that in Chicago. The reason, but, Vooch, but, the reason Vooch is still here is because his wife likes it here. But you, but you can only mention Mello when it comes to New York. I mean, that was solely because his wife is from New York, though. That that had a major factor in it. New York, the Knicks don't get shit just like that's because of the owner. That's because of the owner. Just saying. In Brooklyn, they can't have good things because they keep getting them and they keep effing them up. So, I mean, LA is the only ones that get those good things and it seems to flourish for them. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying the. I get what you're saying, but 
weather is the, the only thing I ever hear about more times than not. Guys, that went It's so cold in Chicago. I'm like, it's cold in New York too. What, what are you talking about? Cold in Brooklyn? Nah, they get no it, it, but it, it is a different type of cold here, though. I understand, man, but they get bad weather too. And right. again, they, when you got that kind of they money, damn, get hurricanes. Right, they get nor'easters. But for the most, but for the most part, the temperature stays in the 40s. Occasionally, Whatever. occasionally they get some yeah, snow. I've, I've seen New York get some more blizzards than nah, we you got. get. They, they, they recently they have. Yeah, you're right. But you know they they get things like floods and you know. So you mean to tell me a team like the Chicago Bears can get free agent football players that had to play in that crap, but we get guys that can't come here. That's what I'm saying. I can't. I can't understand. I don't understand that. Yeah, it's the organ, but it's the organization. It ain't the. Like you say with the Knicks, so you, it's so the you, same with the Bulls. So you think people are out there saying they don't? You don't go to Chicago. You don't. You don't. Yes. Things yeah, things are messed up over there. You don't want to go there, dude. You I talk about an organization that won six championships. That right was there. in the nineties. I understand that, but they won six championships, and, and it was because of it was because of one guy. No, it wasn't just because of one guy. I'm just saying that's it. how it's viewed. But even when he had Derrick Rose, it was like boom. Chicago was a booming place again. And look, man, you could if if you're an agent, it was a booming you, place, and they didn't want to come here. But if you're an agent and you do your your due diligence, you look at the landscape, man. And part of your job should be not just what it is now, but projecting going forward. This is prime opportunity, and that's for all four of the major sports here. Whether you're a baseball player basketball player, football player, hockey player. And right now, we see what's happening with the Blackhawks. You know, you've got a team that an organization that won three in like a six-year period. And that now their best players, the Hall of Fame players have gotten older. The team is, you know, you've got to revamp the team. Yeah, it helps get the first pick in the draft, no doubt. But you're They're starting, not missing. You're starting to see, the, you know, and I know hockey's mentality is different, so on and so forth. But you're, you're getting those people to start to come over to to build the the Blackhawks back up again. You know what I'm saying? Like here in Chicago, we're at the cusp. It's a tipping point. You said it earlier, polls, you, you're in a precarious situation. It can go one way or the other. But when it goes right here in Chicago, I mean, think about those times when everybody was winning. You know, you go to the 90s when you got the Blackhawks and the Bulls, and you start to see the Cubs and the White Sox are doing good. And then you go to the 2000s where, you know, the Bears in the Super Bowl, the Bulls challenging for conference championship supremacy, the Blackhawks on an upswing, you know, the White Sox are winning World Series, the Cubs are on their when they're not quite on their way. But there are times where two to three of the teams, when it when it goes right in Chicago, what happens to most of these players who come to Chicago? What do they end up doing? Staying. When their careers are done, they end up staying. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, and making lives not just for them but for their families. I, I, look, I get it. <laughs> I got to convince I, you. I get it. I'm just saying it's <laughs> it's it's with the NBA. It's harder. These guys are these guys are prima donnas. Chicago is is also although it's a prime big city, not a sexy city. It's sexy, man. Chicago mm, is sexy as hell. Dude, it's not. a sexy city, bro. Chicago is not. not sexy. 
Not to the media. All right, all right. name me five Texas the, cities. Name me five Texas cities. I, can, I can't name you five. I'm just saying. L.A., it's, it doesn't, it, Miami, it doesn't. New York. Give me two others. I can't. I'm just. Dallas. I'm not. I'm not saying it like I'll say Houston, but Houston don't. But I'm. But they not big enough. They're not big like us as far as in the sports okay. realm. In my thing. That's what I'm not speaking as a. Like I think Chicago is one of the best cities there is. I'm speaking in the perception of the basketball. The players. perception, it, it it just doesn't hold that weight. It, it's. It's unfortunate because you it should. Because like you said, when most of these guys come here, they don't leave here. Like, it, it you know, it's like how, honestly, it makes you wonder, like, how did Chicago become such a downer to the world in sports like that, as far as, like, to want to come here? Because... Just, has it been the has it been the the Chicago negative media press that has? No, Chicago didn't used to pay, bro. You you go back, and this is you know again, I'm I'm showing my age here, but this is before your time, and a little bit before my time. But one of the, the one of the comments that uh, Dick Buckus said when he left Chicago, he's like, "Man, Hallis throws around money like manhole covers." <laughs> you know, it's just like I'm but, now, that effect. But, but now the money aspect is kind of regulated, so. Right. So, but, is, but you're dealing with perception, like you said, you're dealing with perception. Perception is necessarily greater than reality. He said they throw, he throws nickels. No, he throws nickels around nickels like the like man. Like like oh, <laughs> so, but but that perception that because here's the thing, Cincinnati still had the Bengals. I'm because that's pretty much in the Reds to some degree too are organizations, and sometimes you get it because they're smaller smaller markets, so you kind of understand it a little bit more. But the Bengals, if it wasn't for, especially like in the 70s and the 80s and early 90s, if it wasn't for the fact that the NFL didn't just have a hard salary cap, they also had uh, a floor you couldn't go below. You had to spend the money. The Bengals used to hold on to their money. Mm-hmm. And then the NFL's like, no, you can't keep doing that because, you mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, players, you know, you got to get paid. And so the Bengals had, uh, uh, pretty much before Burrow got there, the Bengals had a history of being, they would say frugal, other people would say cheap as hell. You know, and and the Chargers have a bit of that where they would get rid of players and not pay players. So sometimes, and with the, with the Bears, it's it was Chicago teams, and it wasn't just the Bears. It was the same thing with the Cubs, the White Sox, what Black Hawks, Bulls. They, they treated, and it was it was pretty much all ownership here treated Chicago like it was a small market, and right, they, and they ran they ran their organizations like small market organizations. You know, it wasn't until. Uh, when Ryan, when Jerry Reinsdorf, well, I was gonna say when Jerry Reinsdorf bought the Bulls, you mm-hmm. know they were they were run like a small market organization, and then Jordan scores sixty three in Boston, and it's like oh shit, we've got <laughs> the premier player in basketball. I think we've got to we got to get some guys around them, and so that's when that's when they started to ascend, right? Yeah, but even with that, think about the Bears contract. At, well, even well, that's 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 different. I'm yeah, just saying, and, and Michael, they they benefited the fact that Michael was came from the work ethic of the, of the South and his dad, where you honor your contract. Because think about Michael nowadays. Michael would have held this organization. No, he would not. Yeah, yeah, that that wouldn't have happened. Right. He was Mike. Mike was was uh he was content with hey, I'm making ridiculous amounts of money away from basketball. Office. Exactly. I'm mm-hmm. cool. You know, you you can pay me right. you know four million a year. I'm good. You know, don't worry about me. 
that yeah, that you're right, that wouldn't happen now. But I mean, still, the ownership treated it like it was a small market team. Right. The Bears, up until you could you could say they're they're you know time Julius they're still they still Steppers. yeah yeah they still the treated like a small market mar- yep. market team. Uh, the Blackhawks, up until um, uh, Bill Wirtz passed, right was treated like a small market and when Rocky Wirtz took over he you know right. he and, took it took it to a yeah. different level and i think that and and to a point they're still you know i think they 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 still are running their franchise the right way some things happened in there i'm not going to talk about but you know financially you mean, financially yeah. yeah yeah they're they're doing it right uh the cubs tribune company yeah. had them they treated them like a small market small team, market team. <laughs> yeah. you know you're making all you're making all this money, and you know you're not putting that money. Tribune Company wasn't putting that money back into the organization, you know. Uh, and then obviously the, the White Sox, we you know, you know, we could go through that. But yeah, that's that's been the issue historically, right? And that 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 still pervades, as you were saying. You could still see tenets of that, and that still pervades. So that that perception that you alluded to, Brandon, is what probably prevents some of the free agency. Uh, from happening like it does in other cities. So you look at New York, they will spend. They'll overspend. You look at L.A., they'll spend. They'll overspend, you know, and then they'll bounce back and then whatever, whatever. But Chicago, and part of that, probably a Midwest mentality, part of that's middle country, you know, part of that is, you know, geographic, you know, mentality, uh, you know, emotional or, or psychological geographical mentality that applies to this part of the region as opposed to, the left coast and the, and the, and, the, and the right coast. So I, I don't know. You know, we've been very fortunate in all our lives. So I, so I, um, I think again, I know. I think we cracked the code. I think we <laughs> all established that Chicago is a place that these guys will want to come. But these owners got to put their money where their mouth is. Man, they got to spend the money. That that I'm assuming that's. What it come down to? It's spend the money and cultivate the money. So, because here's the thing: there are times where the teams will spend the money. Like the White Sox spent to get uh, uh, what's the dude that was here when uh, from Cleveland? They got the, the Albert Bell. Cleveland. They spent Albert the money and got Albert Bell. But then it's like you spend the money on one person and then you stopped. <laughs> you know, you didn't cultivate the money. Same thing when the Bears got color. You you went all all out your way to color, but you didn't get any receivers. You didn't spend it. You didn't cultivate. <laughs> yeah, by Devin Hester's our number one guy. Devin Hester's our number That's, one that'll guy. That'll do it. Yep. And Johnny Knox is you know he he he's an up and comer. Oh wait, Johnny Knox's body got bent in half and his neck almost got snapped off. <laughs> and then you don't go out and get anybody else. So I was at that's that the game. thing. <laughs> so sorry to bring back a dramatic experience, mm-hmm. but that's the thing. They don't cultivate the money after they spend it like hey we spent on this one person come on now lead us like whoa dude no we, we you gotta you gotta do more you gotta build and that may that cultivation may come from the coaching staff as well just take the bulls for example how many times you get a first year coach Doug collins was a first year head coach you know you get phil jackson who was basically a nobody and then you know you hit on that and you get lucky and synergistically you know things fall into place and then all of a sudden, feels like, hey, pay me. And he's, they're like, hey, we don't got to pay you. We'll just get another no-name guy like you. Feels like, I want more power. We're not going to give you more power. And it's like, goodbye, Phil. And he goes on to win, what, six more rings or five more rings or however, however many more. it is? Five more rings. So, Billy you know, Donovan is the first 
the first coach that the, that has been somewhere. Nah, not the first. Is he? I He's, think so. In the last quarter of a century, he probably is. So we had Tim Floyd at the field, right? Tim, Tim Floyd was a college guy. That was Cartwright. It's Cartwright. Scott Skiles was not a first. Scott Skiles, yeah, you're right. I'm like, I knew we didn't have somebody that wasn't a first. That's right. And we had, but more times than not, more times than not, it's a first year head coach. Who was after Who was after Tibbs? The knucklehead. Tim Floyd, not Tim Floyd. We brought somebody back, right? What's his name? Uh, Jim Jim Boylan. Jim he Boylan. was right after Tibbs. No, it had there to was, be somebody no, else. Oh, there was somebody else. I forget. I know fans right now are probably screaming the names at us, but I can't hear you, fans. Uh, what was after Tibbs? Oh, wasn't it that guy that was on his staff? He didn't last was too it long. Hoiberg? Oh, Fred Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg. Right. You're right. Fred right. Hoiberg. Right. There was a another, guy. Another took... guy. Right. Another first year guy. Yeah. Damn, that was Fred first year? First, coach first, time, first, time, first coach? time head coach. Yeah. First time head coach. He was a player. That's why I yeah. think that. Yeah. But you, you yeah. see that in organization. We had we had Jim Boylan twice. So Jim no, Boylan I... was actually a re a retreat. He was a no. coach He coached us coach. in he coached us in 07 08. I guess we fired Pete Myers. I don't well, know. Pete, no, show, Pete was a he was a uh he, no, he had coach. one guy. He only had one game. He was interim coach. And then Jim Boyle it's a uh, probably fifty six games. I don't remember. Was, I don't remember Jim Boylan. You know what? I think there's a different Jim Boylan. That's the guy who I was. Yeah, it's two about. right. They're two Jim Boylans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To go back to yeah, this one right, is right. B-O-Y-L-A-N. Yeah. The one yeah. we talk about is a fool. Right. L-E-N. Right. Because right. what I'm talking about, right, the, the, the one that I was thinking of, and I couldn't think of his name. That's it. It was Jim Boylan. He had glasses. And so, in all this. And are we sure Scott Scouts coached before? Yeah, he, coached, the he coached. He, he coached, coached Phoenix. Magic. Was it Phoenix? He coached, coached Phoenix before he, he before played he for the Magic. Are we sure he coached? I'm pretty sure he coached. He coached, I know he coached, he coached with he Phoenix. Came. Yeah, yeah, he coached before he came here. Because we were like, "Hey, we got a coach nope. that actually." Nope, 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 nope. The Bulls was his first job. Bulls was his. The Bulls was his first coaching job. No, I'm looking at it now. Seriously, I don't think so, bro. Scott Scott stopped playing in '99. No, he coached in Phoenix before he got to the Bulls. Coached in Phoenix, yeah, he got them. To, well, he got them to the playoffs because Jason Kidd. Threw oh a no, towel no in his face. you know what? I'm looking at the wrong. Yeah. I'm looking. Wasn't at he the guy that Jason Kidd threw a towel on his face? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at Pete Myers. Forgive me. <laughs> I didn't even realize I was looking at the wrong yeah. person. Yeah, the fiery oh, yeah, Scott Skiles. Phoenix. Fiery Scott Skiles. Yeah, because Jason Kidd threw that towel on his face. So, but yeah, you're looking at organizations, organizations in Chicago where that's that's been better than seventy percent, or you know, seventy percent or better has been first time head coaches. And I mean, I, I get that to some degree, but you know, part of that too is you don't want to pay. You look at the Bears; it's like, man, they don't pay the head coaches a lot. Of, they don't pay the coaching staff, and and that's been a staple for uh, Ryan's door not to pay the coaching staff. They'll get rid of the coaching staff or they get rid of the players. I mean, it's most teams, but I mean, the, the, the Bulls need to do that. And they, they find that not, not only get first timers, they get people like like obscure first 
timers. <laughs> it's like, dude, like, like if Jason Kidd's the first time head coach, I'm like, oh, okay, where's Jason Kidd? You know, I get you know, Magic Johnson. Oh, okay, yeah. we gonna get, we gonna give mother you ain't never heard, never, of. never heard of before. <laughs> Jim Boylan. This is how I taught my kids in high school. What? <laughs> you punched a clock. You gotta have you a lunch bucket. Lunch bucket. It's like, what are you talking about? So, so yeah, man, I, I think those things are endemic in Chicago, which, like you said, perception-wise, it tends to pervade. It's you know in people's mindsets, and it's still still palatable, you know, uh, or still palpable, I should say, and to some degree um, now. And that's got to change, man. That's got to change. And like you said, you gave a great example, uh, Ed, as when it came to the Blackhawks, it changed when Rocky Works took over. You know, R.I.P. Rocky Works. But it changed. And then now it became a death. How many times do you hear a lot of hockey players? Ooh, I want to come to Chicago. I'll come to Chicago, retire. Getting Marion Hosa. Hey, it's attractive. It's a place I want to be. You got to make it attractive for players. It's same thing with the Cubs. Cubs did a really good job with that. When when the family took over, uh, the current family that's in charge Ricketts, of the yeah, Cubs Ricketts. now, the Ricketts family. They make it attractive. You you, well, you they you brought build. in they brought in they hired uh, Joe Madden. You know, that wasn't no, the first time. No, 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 no. They brought in the president from, from the Black from the Red Sox. Oh, from Red Sox. Theo. Right. But but again, he, he wasn't a first Theo. he wasn't he wasn't a first time GM. He's the guy who was young, had won a world or be somewhat of an architect to some degree, at least a curator, if not an architect, of the Red Sox that won a championship. You get him here and you get Joe Madden, who wasn't a first time hit you know, a manager. And now and then you start building and you could see you can see the the role construction towards that on that journey towards that championship. And so when they got there, it was like, yeah, man, you, you you could see that coming a mile away. Like the White Sox, you didn't see that one coming. I promise you, you didn't see that one coming. You were like, hey, man, this team's competitive. They should be able to compete. You ain't see 2005 happening the way it did. I said, did. I said they were going to finish fourth that year. Jeez. That was a bunch of reject. Yeah, well, that's yeah. a bunch of different players put bunch together. Of good, good players who were all pretty much cast offs from the yeah. previous teams. Yeah, it was lightning in a bottle situation. And yeah. you had you had a, a first time general manager, who, but a long time baseball person. There's a big difference, and he wasn't the first time being a coach. You know, it's like he had been he had he had done some of his due diligence on the field. Ozzy was a third base coach for the Marlins team that won a championship. Okay, third base coach is an important position. If you're not sitting right next to the general manager, the next position of importance is that third base coach. Okay, Ozzy has a baseball mind. You you can see all those things. You you caught lightning in a bottle, and then you didn't cultivate it afterwards because you figured, okay, we're good. You just you, you signed Jim Tomey. That that was that was your deal. You know, after that big move. Okay, but whatever. I, that mother still here. Yeah. Right. The way his son, his son, oh, he is. I didn't know that. Yeah, from Peoria. That's where he's from. Oh, okay. born and raised I know. His son, his son is a stud at uh, but still, he, his uh, his uh, his best years were spent Philly. In, Cleveland. Cleveland. in Cleveland, Philly, right? Yeah. Right, Cleveland, yeah. Philly. Yeah, he's here. He's here. Yeah, you know. So, Bo so, Jackson. Well, I mean, hey, I'm be real Bo now. Jackson. We know. Bo, uh, the, the great Bo Jackson, who you know, Alabama could, could live anywhere, right? Lives here. Lives I here. mean, back to Ozzie Jim real quick. Here. Back to Jim real quick. I mean, come on now. Joe Kim told us about Cleveland. Okay, <laughs> 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 let's not forget. No, let's not forget that Joe, who's still man, who could who could be anywhere. 
in New York. That's where he was born and raised. His mama, his, his daddy, they, they're international. I don't know. I don't know that he lives here, but he spends a lot I'm of sure time. He got, I'm sure he. I'm I'm sure he has a house here. I'm yeah. sure he does. Yeah. 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 So, Tony Kukoc from Croatia. The crazy yeah. thing is, most of the people who like, like a Derrick Rose, who's from Chicago, he's the only one that ain't here. Well, because you've been here your whole life. That's exactly. So that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> even though he, even though he still has, like, hey, I'm sure Sean, he still has seen... somewhere here that yeah, he can call way. home. Wait, but... Sean, Sean Marion didn't spend any time with any teams here in Chicago, and I know I think he spent some of his childhood here. Lives here. I see. I see Sean Marion down down by the job all the time. He lives. He right. lives down in River North. You see him at the uh, grocery store. I see him yeah. in Jules a couple of times. Yeah, walking yeah. around. Hey, what's up, Sean? It's like, hey man, just don't say nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> I just give him so, the brother head. Down. So, like, so, so what we so what we're indicating is Chicago's retirement home. It's, it's, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 Miami North. It's a good right. Wait, 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 wait. May May through October. It's a good place to be. It definitely is, though. <laughs> hey, y'all, we could talk all day, man. Let's uh let's go to picks. <laughs> um I had a terrible week. You guys, you guys really know know your stuff. Damn, gotta, Glenn had another good week. I thought I gotta I, I gotta I gotta give it to you guys. You guys went we two and we both went two and we one. We both had the bears. Uh no, you you were the only one that had the bears. I thought Glenn had them too. Okay. No, Glenn took uh he took Indiana, got that one. Took uh, took Georgia, and I think he lost the Bengals. Yeah, I lost the Bengals. Right, right. Um, you smoke. You had uh, Washington. They uh, they beat Oregon State. You took the Bears, and you lost. Utah got smoked by Arizona. Got smoked by Arizona. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> I went with one the in Wildcats. I went one and two. My Northwestern Wildcats pulled it off for me, but uh, yeah, I lost incredible. Duke and and the, and the Seahawks. So uh, I'm now thirteen and fourteen. Smoke, you're at fifteen and twelve, and Glenn still leading the pack by a game at sixteen and eleven. Ooh, I know which one I'm taking. Yeah, part of it's emotional, but it's not just all emotional, actually. Been waiting for this game all year. All right, I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna take uh in the That's Iron Bowl. I'm yeah. gonna take I'm gonna take Alabama minus the 13 and a half. Wrong choice, my friend. Wrong choice. <laughs> I'll tell you Alabama might lose this one outright, bro. I'm gonna roll no shot against Auburn. No Shh. shot. You know who the head coach is? Of who? Of Auburn? Auburn. Yeah. Who? Same dude that uh when he was at Ole Miss beat him twice. Auburn just, just got their ass whooped. Yeah, they did. By uh it was uh, a terrible team. A uh, terrible team. No, no, it was, no, not it even was, it was a non conference game. It was a non conference game. Nah, they were looking past it. It was a trap game. They were looking at the Alabama game. Uh they lost to New Mexico State 31 10. Yeah. Everyone should have seen that one come. From. Okay, yeah, all right. I'm going with Alabama <laughs> minus thirteen and a half. <laughs> uh, hold on. Why don't you go for Northwestern? Go back to back. They get they get plus six on the road against the line. I set up for a perfect uh situation there. 
I'm, I just might let you talk me into that. Uh, <laughs> fudge it. Why not? Give me the cats. I'm taking the cats plus the six and a half down in Champaign. Though Illinois is playing for uh, for bowl eligibility. Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Whatever that's worth. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take the cats plus six and a half. And uh, let's take an NFL game. Let's go with the uh, Bears. Wait, yeah, what, where are the, they play Monday night, right? Monday yeah. night. Vikings. Ooh, Vikings only getting the three. Uh, no, I'm going to take the Steelers. Really? I'm going to take the Steelers minus the one and a half at, uh, at Caesars over the Bengals. Really? Oh, no Burrow. Yeah. Uh, that actually that makes a lot of sense. That's a good pick, I think. I, I can see that. And different offensive coordinators, so the Bengals will be preparing for something they don't even know yet. Uh-huh. It's a good pick, yes. Very astute. Very astute yes. pick. Yeah, we'll see. Mr. McCann, very astute pick indeed. We'll see. Smoke, who you got? Well, since today is Bayou Classic Day. Uh-oh. I got on my grammar and stuff. Oh, Both okay. teams five and five. Emotional. Very emotionally charged pick here, I see. Going with them Grambling Tigers, minus one and a half over Southern. In the classic, I'm going to go uh, Eagles minus three over the Bills. Oh, really? All right. I'm confident about you know, At some point, you, you can't keep winning all these games barely. They're going to lose eventually, aren't they? No Eagles? I'm just trying to cause a doubt in your you mind. About to talk me out of, right. You about to talk me out of New coordinator in Buffalo. Josh Allen did play better. And I'm going Texans plus two over the Jags. You know, the new offensive coordinator in Buffalo was the offensive coordinator for Joe Burrow at LSU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I got him at one and a half. Who's that? The Texans. Yeah, one and a half. Yeah, wait, they a home dog. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. You still want that smoke? Ooh. Who that is? No, I think it's Texans a good pick. At one and a half. I think it's a good pick. They're home dog. Yeah, I think you took them at minus one and a half. That that would have been a bad choice, or even they getting points. I can see them winning twenty-one to twenty. All right, smoke. So you got Grambling, Grambling minus one and a half, Eagles at minus three, and the Texans plus one and a half. Tight game, man. You you talk like less than field goal type game. You got you're not gonna feel good until the final whistle blows. You're gonna be nervous <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> what do you got? Now. Uh, I want for sure winners. <laughs> I want my game over with before now. And you you actually talked me out of the Alabama game, so maybe thank you for that one. Uh, we'll do two college games. I'm gonna All take right. uh, Washington uh, minus fifteen. Versus Wazoo, the Apple Bowl, and then and the and then the uh, Palmetto battle for the Palmetto State. I'm gonna take Clemson and revenge game against South Carolina minus seven and a half. They beat Clemson last year. They did, and not Clemson out of a chance to play for the uh, national champion, getting the playoff, at least, at least be in a discussion for it. So I'm taking Clemson in a revenge game. All right. And my pro game, something I don't normally do, 
I am going to ride with the Chicago Bears. Bears. Plus three over the Vikings because I think the Bears, when they just like when they lost to that close game to Denver, they came back and played even better and more sound and beat Washington on the road in a primetime game. I think the same thing can happen here. And they should, should realize they should not have the same game plan going up against uh, Brian Flores' defense. I think the Bears actually win that game all right. Good luck, fellas. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. Justin, I'm riding with you. <laughs> want to thank everyone for listening. We greatly appreciate it. You can catch our podcast on Ooh, Apple Podcasts, on. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast you can also catch us at hp53productions.com there you'll find a link to our podcast and the super duper podcast hosted by rob griggs and yours truly yo glenn yep, yep. please take us out hey it's like we always always emphatically say with our show we ain't saying we're right we just never do justin fields wrong <laughs>